Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from North Carolina. Today is Monday, January 10th, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, A Vision for You, on page 158, the third paragraph, beginning with, that afternoon he put on his clothes and walked, and reading through that one paragraph only. Today's readers are Gina F., The Twelve Steps, Nancy M., The Twelve Traditions. Our big book readers are Janice P.M. in the text, and Kathy S. is going to be reading page 164. Our newcomer greener is Nancy C., and our second hour moderator is Karen K. The share ID for Sunday, January 9th, 2022 is 18,376. OE Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovered from are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a vision for you, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Gina F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everybody. This is Gina F., compulsive overeater in Connecticut, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Gina. I will now ask Nancy M. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Nancy M. in Florida, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, 
a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public means media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Nancy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions of recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, A Vision for You, on page 158, the third paragraph, beginning with, That afternoon, he put on his clothes and walked, and reading through that one paragraph only. I will now ask Janice P.M. to begin reading. Well, thank you so much, uh, Rick J. Um, this is Janice P.M. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Massachusetts. Well, that afternoon, he put on his clothes and walked from the hospital a free man. He entered a political campaign, making speeches, frequenting men's gathering places of all sorts, often staying up all night. He lost the race by only a narrow margin, but he had found God. And in finding God, he had found himself. What a what a paragraph, eh? Hey, I'm not from Canada. I'm from Massachusetts. But anyway, um, the miracle is is certainly a miracle. Now here's a guy that was in a, a man who was in a, a hospital for his disease, and eight times 
eight times, and each time he came back drunk, more drunk, more more sick, um, and always afraid to go out, especially the last time, very afraid to get out. But now at this stage, he had he had two recovered uh, members of AA come to him, um, which shows us, which shows me that yeah. This is what we have to do. We have to go to other people in order to, in order to uh, stay uh, abstinence, to stay recovered. So with, this is Bill D. Now, if you want to uh, read Bill D's story, it is on page 183, the third member of the Alcoholics Anonymous group. Um, I mean, this is a hope, a hope for us, for anybody that's out there, that the if when we take, when I took, this is what happened to me, that third step, asking my higher power, whom I choose to call God, to please, I offer you, I offer you my life, I offer you, you know, all my difficulties, and that means I surrendered. And I surrender this and say this, say this prayer every morning. And you know what? Sometimes all through the day because I have to get rid of myself. And this is what happened to Bill D. He began, and his wife saw some hope. He began to have a spiritual experience. It says here, he, found, he lost the race. We can lose things in the material world, the, the job, the this, the that. But that's the material world. And we have a spiritual problem. But he had found God. And in finding God, he found himself, which meant that, you know, the selfishness to help. Now he's going to be, he made a decision in that third step to make a decision. It wasn't over to do these steps. And when we do, I know for me, a God has led me to OA, and I know from experience that OA led me to the 12 steps, which led me to God. And that transformed me. The principles, acting on these principles, uh, to a recovered woman, my obsession in my mind was gone on a daily basis. But promise is, I have to give the message to somebody else. And I was, uh, you know, I think everybody that does that is handpicked, you know, by God to do his work. Gentle reminder. Yes, certainly. And that's it for me. Thank you much, Pat. Thanks for getting us started, Janice, before we get our first group of names. Uh, Just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Cheryl A. Cheryl Rachel A. R. Okay, Nessa hold on R. just a minute. So, uh, Nessa Larry R. Larry K. Larry K. And I heard somebody else. Uh, Rachel K. Rachel, there you go. Rachel K. All right. Cynthia so N. Sorry, who is this? Sorry, Cynthia N. Uh, Cynthia. Yes. Cynthia N. Okay. Who else? 
Joanne M. Okay, I think that's a, a good place for us to stop right now. So I've got uh, Cheryl A., Nessa R., Larry K., Rachel K., Cynthia N., and Johan M. Um, Cheryl, you're up, followed by Nessa R. Go ahead, Cheryl. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. You never know when it cuts you back off again. Uh, hi, this is Cheryl A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. And what I want to focus on today is just simply walk to free man. I want to be a free woman today. I don't just want to be a free woman in the, my relationship with food and walking around without the absolute um, plague of uh, thinking about food every minute of the day, thinking about my body every minute of the day. I want to be free when it comes to thinking about the way I um, am with other people in my relationships, with emotional dependency, with the way that I create chaos in my life, with my abusive time and energy. And um, I want to be a fully free woman. And that is why I wake up every single day and get back at it. Because what I did yesterday isn't going to fully treat my disease today. I get to put a couple deposits in the bank sometimes. Um, but this is a treatment that lasts 24 hours, and it says I have to do things uh, morning and evening and throughout the day and ongoing as I work the 12 steps. And I want to do that today because I want to be a free woman. And I remember what it's like not to be with the food, um, where every minute and moment and second and millisecond of my life was filled, my head was filled with thoughts of wanting to eat. And I don't have that today. And so I work at these steps now because I don't want to have that in any other part. I want to live a free woman. And that brings me so much hope because that freedom doesn't necessarily mean it's pure bliss, joy, and happiness every moment. It doesn't. But it means I'm going to show up presently to what life brings me. It means that I have skills to, to meet calamity with serenity. Um, and uh, 2021 was a tough, tough year um, on so many levels, including a loss that I, I just learned that I had that um, someone I've been trying to reach over and over and couldn't understand why they weren't um, getting back to me until I finally realized last week and learned that they had passed. And it was a shock. It was a 56-year-old woman and a dear person in my life. There's stuff that happens. But I want to walk a free woman today, and I could not be more grateful for an instruction book and a life plan that tells me what I have to do to do that. And I'm so grateful for all of you. Just wishing everyone a happy, healthy, abstinent day. Thanks so much. Okay, thanks so much, Cheryl A. Uh, Nessa R., you're up next, followed by Larry K. Go ahead, Nessa. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, a free man, like... What does it mean to be free? You know, when I was uh, a child, I used to look at adults and I used to wish I was an adult right now because adults are free. They can do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. Adults make the rules. They don't live by rules because they make the rules. And sadly, as I grew up, my definition of freedom did not mature. Um, I still lived under the idea that freedom meant to do whatever I wanted, um, which for a compulsive overeater 
that translates into um, eating whatever I wanted. And doing whatever I want and eating whatever I want is not freedom. It's bondage. It's totally, totally the opposite. Um, I used to think that uh, rules were bondage. And, you know, paradoxically, rules is what gives one freedom. You know, I live under a lot of rules now. You know, first of all, the rule of my food plan, which is a very structured food plan. I weigh and measure my food. There's a, a number of things that I cannot eat. Um, and then the steps, the, the 12 steps imposed rules um, by which I live by. And this is what has given me my freedom. You know, I've, I've heard so many definitions of freedom. Freedom is the uh, lack of slavery. Um, the one I like is freedom means saying I'm going to do something and actually doing it. Um, you know, and when, when I was in the bondage of self and in the bondage of food, I said so many things. I promised so many things to many, so many people, including to myself, and I never kept my promises. And, um, you know, that was a horrible way to live. Now I keep my promises to myself and to others. Um, I'm free to go wherever I want without the fear that I'm going to succumb to the food. You know, I can go to weddings, I can go to events, I can go to restaurants, I can go to buffets. Um, and I am free. I am free of the bondage of the food uh, because of this unbelievably wonderful program that has brought me close to God. Um, and I could not have done it if I didn't follow the rules. So freedom is not the absence of rules. Um, freedom is, I could say, maybe a state of mind, but oh my gosh, what a wonderful state of mind. Um, it is these rules that have, they have set me free. They have really brought out my real self out to the fore that was previously um, a reminder. and kept thank you, and kept down by, um, by the food and by my little plans and designs. Um, and I relish my freedom. I'm continuing to do what I've been doing this past 10 years so I can stay a free woman. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Larry Kay, you're up next, followed by Rachel Kay. Good morning, Larry. Hey, Rick. Good morning. I'm, I'm Larry uh, Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive reader, and I'm from uh, Chicago. <laughs> You, you probably maybe you've heard the phrase uh i need to find myself or or uh, <laughs> i i lost myself or or i don't know who i am and i think um you know every person is who's who's ever lived has probably grappled with with these types of questions and here we 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 hear about a guy who who having found god found himself you know i, I there's a, a long stretch in my life where I tried to find myself in books and I'm not knocking books. I, I still love reading. Um, but I, I, you would have found me if you, if you, you know, walking in a Barnes and Noble or some bookstore and I was just searching and I think I was searching to find myself for many years. And, you know, I read, Lots and lots of books. Perhaps you have as well. I didn't find myself. <laughs> it was it was fun. And and by the way, I still read. It's fun. But how ironic that um, 
you know, that when, when, I, when I stop and think about it, when you strip away all that, you know, one has achieved or one has uh, done and, and, and what you do and you search for yourself, how ironic to me today that it was in these steps that somehow, I, don't, I still don't know how and why, I, I found God. I found my notion of God, this higher power. And in doing so, I found myself. And um, not a perfect, and, and by the way, I didn't find a perfect self. I just found, I found a guy that's capable of being of service to others, you know, of living a life where I could be of maximum service to God and to the people about me most of the time, not all the time. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to read about this guy that he had this path, Bill Dotson had this path, and here it is. I still get to enlarge my spiritual life and have this path today. It's still open to me today. God's not done with me yet. So anyways, thanks for your service, Rick. And with that, I will pass. Well, thank you, Larry. All right, Rachel Kay, you're up next, followed by Cynthia Ann. Go ahead, Rachel. Hi, thank you so much, Rick. Um, yeah, Rachel Kay, compulsive overeater in Northern California. Um, when I read this paragraph, it's it's amazing to me because we read um, this book, you know, paragraph by paragraph, relatively slowly. I have to remind myself. Oh, this guy, this guy who walked as a free man, you know, out of the hospital, who ran in a political campaign. This is, this is, remember who this is. This is boiled as an owl guy. I mean, this is the guy who had zero self-confidence, like zero, um, who thought that he was, you know, just basically a piece of crap. Um, you know, and humility teaches me that thinking I'm a piece of crap is not humility. It's, you know, I'm the piece of whatever that the world revolves around. It's still self-centeredness, right? And after recovering, you know, in a few days after being given this cure for alcoholism, he ran in a political campaign. Come on. I mean, that takes guts. You know, that takes courage. I have chronic imposter syndrome. Um, you know, I almost a year ago, I was given this fantastic job that I never thought I could take, um, which I love. And every day I think, I, I can't believe they're letting me do this. Um, and I can't believe, you know, don't they know who I am? You know, I'm a gutter compulsive overeater. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a garbage dump, you know, dumpster diving addict. And, but yet it, it's not me. It, it's like, it's God who doeth the work, right? Um, the father doeth the work. So, you know, God gives me the courage to do all these things I didn't think I could do, not because I'm so great. But because I believe, I believe when anybody gives you a gift, they, they want you to enjoy it. They want you to use it. So apparently this guy thought he had a gift for political office. You know, I, it, I don't know if it was a little local whatever or who knows. But even no matter how small, no that how big, God, you know, Bilby thought, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to serve in this way. You know, apparently today I'm supposed to serve in this way. And and when somebody gives you a gift, like God gives you a gift, I believe he wants me not to go, no, I don't, I, I don't deserve this gift. I don't have this gift. He wants me to, 
to use it and enjoy it and to stop worrying about what people think of me and to say, thank you, God. Thank you for bringing me out of the gutter. Thank you for putting my feet, you know, on this earth so I could use whatever talents that I didn't earn that you gave me, that you gave me for to serve people in whatever way, you know, political office. Um, thank you. You know, street sweeper, whatever it is. So um, I just find this this such a paragraph of hope. And thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Rachel. Cynthia N., you're up next, followed by Johan M. Go ahead, Cynthia. Hi, I'm Cynthia N., and I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm coming out of um, relapse, and I am a chronic relapser. And I'm also under 10 days of abstinence. (laughs) But um, things are happening, of course, as we all know. And I want to take a different spin on the last sentence in finding God had found himself. I'm in the process of doing my fourth, I've done my fourth step. And I, one of the fears that came to me was that I'm afraid of knowing, of not knowing who I am. I'm afraid I'm going to be an empty shell. Um, And I think maybe that was one of the reasons why I kept relapsing. That came to me recently because People know me ever since I was a teenager in the food. I was this different person. And when I don't have the food anymore, when my allergic foods are not affecting me, I really don't know who I am. And that was so frightening to me. But this last sentence really gives me hope because God is going to work on me to help me find the real me. And I'm sure it's it has to be so much better than um, the way I've been living um, because one of the reasons that I came back was about how I was in despair because I realized I couldn't do life on life's terms and I know that I just could not go on like that. I I'd had no desire to go on like that and so... Um, I'm so grateful to be back. That's all I have. Pass. Thank you, Cynthia. Johan M., you're up next, and then we'll get some more names. Go ahead, Johan. Where are you reading from? Johan, uh, are you there? Yes. Hi. Hi. Hi, Rick. Hi. Hi, Johan. Johan. Johan M. and like Nancy, and uh, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Sweden. Thank you so much for service today and for all the shares so far. Just amazing to listen to all of you and uh, amazing paragraph today as well. Uh, And this paragraph gives so much hope, I think. I mean, this guy walked out out of the hospital as a free man, as did Bill Wilson, you know. And for me, this tells a story that we can recover and we can do it quickly. Um, when I came back into OA two and a half year ago, uh, I was desperate for a solution. I was willing to do anything to recover, to do anything just to feel okay. And uh, I got a sponsor right away. I worked through the steps uh, quickly and I had a spiritual awakening. Uh, I remember uh, 
when I had worked through the steps two days after that, I just woke up and I had I felt that something had shifted. I felt at ease. I felt calm. I I didn't have uh, sugar and flour all around in my head, floating around. I didn't think about ice cream, cookies, or any of that. And I was just amazed. And I called an old friend and I told him that, you know, something has happened. I, I don't know, something has happened. And he said, yeah, <laughs> I hope that it stays that way. And it has. Since then, I haven't had any uh, interest in, uh, in my old alcoholic food. I haven't had interest in, 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 in overeating. Uh, but it is a continuation of this work. I need to stay to the best of my ability in step 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. And I really learned in a way that this is one day at a time, one day at a time. You know, I need to do whatever I can today so that God can keep me abstinent. I cannot do this by myself. And that's the thing. I, I need God in order to, to have this beautiful life that I have thanks to this program. And it's so beautiful what it says, you know, in finding God, he finds himself. And that's my experience as well. Uh, when I found God through working the steps, through this unblocking uh, of my false self, self so to say, uh, surfacing the ego, I got in connection with my true self. And today I can live in that true self one day at a time. So I'm so happy. I'm so grateful for this program and that there is a solution and we, that we do recover and we can recover quickly if you just work the steps. So thank you so much for that, I pause. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Johan. All right, before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter of Vision for You on page 158, the third paragraph, beginning with, that afternoon he put on his clothes and walked. And we're reading and commenting um, on that one paragraph only. And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share today? Vasa O. Vasa O. Pedro B. Christina J. Okay, I heard Christina, and then I had two people at the same time. Could uh, the the first you guys right before Christina tell me your names again please Anita J Anita J and uh, uh, what was your first name Pedro oh hey hey Pedro anybody else I've got Vasa O Christina J Anita J Pedro B who else would like to share Thank you. Can you hear me, Rick? Uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service and everybody's service this morning. Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Port Chalice, Florida. And I just love the reading today. Uh, I love the last sentence. But he had found God, and, and in finding God, had found himself. And uh, I am so, so grateful when I was so, so lost out there in the wilderness for many, many years with the food addiction and other things, trying to work things by my own power, by my own strength. 
read all kinds of psychology books and and how to be a better mother, how to be a better wife, how to, you know, to do things better. And um, I never felt, especially. And then I read a lot of books on 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 food, how to be, how to be, you know, how to put the food down, and none of it worked, you know. And the reason was because I didn't know I had uh, a disease that was called. Uh, eating disorder with the mental obsession. I had no clue about any of this stuff. So I'm so, so grateful that my higher power found me when I was so, so lost out there in the world and brought me to the 12 steps for Overeaters Anonymous. And that was the answer for me. You know, I had the gift of desperation and I needed to surrender. To a, somebody told me, my sponsor told me, the only way it's going to work if I if I surrendered to a power greater than myself and work the twelve steps and you know go to meetings and the tools and all that, and God is going to help me. And that that's I said I don't care who I surrender to. I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired of you know eating the way I was and and my life you know the way I was running my life. I didn't know I could uh, surrender to a power greater than myself, which I call God today, for help. I didn't believe. I didn't believe that God would help me, you know, because I had gone through some time, some difficult times before I came to Christ, and he didn't help me. He wasn't there. So I gave up on God till I came in recovery. And I was ready, and I was willing to do whatever it took. I did not want to die. And yes, I was dying gradually, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I did come for the vanity. I said, oh, once I put the food down, I lose the weight, I'm going to be so happy, and I'm just going to leave. Well, I stayed for the sanity. I thank God, you know, for the program, the 12 steps, the vision for you, which I love. Before I would go to a big book step study, you know, uh, and it would probably be once a week, you know, and I would be going to OA meetings, but I didn't wasn't reading the big book as much. But I still got the most Gentle important. Reminder. Thank you, I'll wrap up. But I, the most important things, the doctor's opinion, and the rest of them. And now to have it every single day, it's awesome. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Christina J, you're up next, followed by Anita J. Good morning, Christina. Morning, Rick. Thank you for your service. Thanks for everyone on the line. Christina J., State of Washington, recovered today by God's grace and mercy and my willingness to work these steps. Uh, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. And when I came into program, I had a lot to lose. I had a lot to lose, and I had no idea that it wasn't just about the food. I had a lot of weight to lose. But the heavier part of me that I had to lose was the crap between my ears, my jealousies my insecurities, my ego, my insecure ego, my need for validation from everybody outside myself except God. Um, So working this program has helped me begin to lose all that stuff. I can't say I'm totally free, definitely not on an emotional level, Um, but on the food level, I'm pretty close. I'm neutral most of the time. I don't pick up. I know when to recoil as if from a hot flame. 
I'm not totally free from um, the food voices occasionally, but I'm only a year and a half in, so I'm a newbie still. But it's happening as long as I work this thing. But, you know, I had so much to let go of, and recently my husband and I uh, are up against a rock and a hard place in a situation in our life. We've looked at it every which way, upside down, inside out, and we're stuck. And now that seems like a negative connotation, but what does that do? What did this what did this do for this man who lost the race? He tried. We tried. I tried all my life for certain things, and I lost many things. But what did it do in the end? It brought me to God because I had no place else to go. I had to surrender. And yesterday, because we were up against this thing and still are, I learned surrender in a new way. I've got to let God handle it. I have got to know that he's there working on it. not happening today, but it's going to happen someday. Whatever we want, our wishes are going to happen because it's just, you know, it's just, I'm not going to go into what it is, but it's going to happen. But it's not his time yet. I found God yesterday in a deeper way because of these challenges. So God, you know, I think God prompted this guy to go out and use your gifts. And in the end, losing the race, I mean, maybe he'll win again someday, but it brought him closer even to God brought me closer to God to go through all this shit in my life. What are we here for? To get rid of ourselves, be of service to others. I mean, if we reach that point in our lives where we realize that there's nothing out in this world that really floats our boat anymore, we've got nothing left, we can be of service. That's the gift. What have we got left to give? Ourselves, our stories, our souls, our struggles, our life, our compassion, our patience, our love to others who so need it in this world that don't have this program. So I'm very Just grateful. Reminder. Thank you, and I'll finish up. I'm very grateful that I'm getting rid of the shit between my brains and not have to carry that load around anymore. I can give it to God. Thank you. Thank you, Christina J. Anita J., you're up next, followed by Pedro B. Go ahead, Anita. Hi, Rick. Thank you. Uh, this is Anita J. Uh, we cover it out here in um, Westboro, Massachusetts. Um, he found himself, and he had gifts. You know, I do believe I was given gifts as a kid. I mean, born, I had some gifts. One of them was comedy, and um, sometimes that hasn't seemed like much to laugh about. But the humor, the, it's just, I just can't get over that God still wants me using all that. Um, we recently had where I am now living a show and um, I did a reading and the other thing was they told me to be the um, MC. I, I never dreamed in my 80s I would still be performing. I, I just can't get over it that God, God's not through with me. Now, you think I could do any of that if I hadn't recovered from the food addiction that saved me when I was little? That was a long time ago. <laughs> and that I kept using well past um, what would really save me, which is trusting and relying on God. So in addition to working with others, he wants me to still use those gifts of humor, and um, I just feel so invigorated and grateful. I, it, it, 
how could someone not want want what this what God offers us? And uh, it's just with that, with great gratitude, grateful for this program, this phone meeting. This is the one that saved me. Um, in February of 2014, after being here since 1978, working a needless program. So uh, if you're working something other than God's program, oh, stop it, because let's see what your gifts are. Let's uncover them and use them. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. Pedro B., you're up next, and then we'll have time for a few more names. Go ahead, Pedro. Good morning, Rick. Uh, can I be heard? Yes, you can. All right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for your service, and thank you for everyone's uh, sharing. Uh, I uh, I would never have made it without you. Uh, yeah, I love this paragraph, uh, this idea of uh, walking you know, a free man, you know, uh, um, I think freedom, freedom is, is such a gift, you know, to be free, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, this, this, this program, this 12 steps, this, uh, uh, is designed to get us to freedom. That's why I believe, you know, uh, freedom from, from self will freedom from from my negativity you know freedom from anger freedom from uh resentment fear uh you know it's freedom is is yeah i love you know it's is you know what happens is like my friend said you know i asked my friend so how do i know if i'm recovered and he said, well, if you recover, it's because you work in the program, you know, and, um, you know, this idea, you know, the, the promises, there are promises in this book I found in all of the steps. It's beautiful promises, you know, and uh, to be free is just one of them. Yeah, you know, in, in the ninth step promises, it talks about uh, uh, we, we, you know, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. You know, I don't have to prove to anybody this freedom and this happiness that I that I have experienced as a result of these steps. It's a beautiful thing. And then, uh, if you knew, uh, on more about alcoholism, it talks about uh, if you're if you're an overeater, you're probably suffering from an illness that only a spiritual experience will conquer. You know, and this 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 God finding process. You know, I I love it because you know on, on the agnostics on page fifty five it says we found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it's only there that He may be found. So that means that this God, this power, has always been with me. It's a matter of finding it. See, it's a matter of having a relationship with this power. Call it God, call it whatever you want. And that's for me. That's just for me. And I'm so, you know, the 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 peace and, and the freedom and the happiness that I feel in my heart today is be, you know, there there are no words to express, you know. And, and I don't have to tell anybody deep down within me 
I know what I'm experiencing, and I know it's recovery. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. Thank you for the mission. Thank you so much, Pedro B. And uh, we do have time for uh, a few more names. Again, uh, we are on page 158, the third paragraph. Beginning with that afternoon, he put on his clothes and walked. And uh, if you've shared in the last uh, few days, we ask that you hold back. Who else would like to share today? Kathy S. Kathy S. Uh, who? Sorry, who is that that just said their name? Karen K. Karen K. Hey, Karen. All right, and Crystal maybe P. one more. Excuse Crystal me. P. Crystal P. Some, right, okay, Crystal. Yes. All right, Crystal P. Sorry, I had a hard time hearing you. All right, Kathy S. You're uh, up, followed by Karen K. Go ahead, Kathy S. Good morning, Rick. Thank you. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. And um, I guess I, what struck me as very interesting in this paragraph was, you know, not only, you know, he walked away a free man after doing the steps, but, but a political campaign, and somebody else talked about this, the courage that it takes to do what he did. And making speeches, hello, public speaking, that's, it's just, it's a whole new confidence and a sense of security. And I love um, even frequently frequenting men's gathering places of all sorts, um, you know, the, showing that he's, here he is abstinent. He's not avoiding life. He's not isolating. He's got even greater confidence than he's ever had in his life. He's even staying up all night. So it's, he's not sleeping life away, not in depression facing some of the biggest fears that that we all face and he's just he's getting out there and then the fact that he he lost the race so this proves to me that even in recovery it's not all my dreams don't come true you know but but that's not where he stayed you know he doesn't stay in self-pity like oh bummer and go out and get drunk he found god you know so this whole lost and found idea it's just like I don't know, you know, and, and, um, and then found himself. I just love what I appreciate is his willingness to not only face the biggest fears. And again, the other one that came up to me running a a public election that requires the approval of man. I mean, what we're talking about, at least for me, is some of my biggest fears. And he just went out there, faced them head on and it didn't matter. You know, it didn't take him back to the drink. It didn't kill him. You know, he and it didn't turn out the way he may have wanted it to, but it didn't matter. He found God and in so found himself. He found the solution to all his problems. And again, it just shows that it doesn't matter what my circumstances are that come. I'm going to be okay because with God, I have everything that I need. And, and it is true for me, uh, like it was for him and, and, Spoiler alert, it's going to say it in the next paragraph. He never drank again, despite all this that he faced and things that happened. You know, he stayed sober. And uh, it's just amazing. It's full of hope. And I just really appreciate the fact that we're honing in on this today. So thank you so much for allowing me to share. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Kathy S. Karen K., you're up next, followed by Crystal P. Go ahead, Karen. Good morning, and thank you, everybody, for your service and shares on the meeting today. My name is Karen Kay, Recovered Compulsive Eater from Syracuse, New York. I'm a credit zone transfer. For me, this paragraph is about showing up for life, uh, the, what God's grace does and allows, at least for me and obviously for Bill, that he showed up for life. Uh, recovery for me is obviously sharing, you know, what God gave me to share with other fellows, but it's also teaching me out, teaching me out to how to approach life. How do I act? What is my sobriety really like? You know, am I being kind to my neighbor? Am I being nice in the store, regardless of what I think or say? Um, you know, I mean, yes, this election thing was big. Also, I'm sure there were things along the way, of course, we'll never know unless I go to heaven. Um, what Bill also did, or the, uh, the, what he did, not Bill, the, the third alcoholic, what he did when he got out of bed, you know, I mean, he just went and did something. And that's, I mean, basically, I don't know how many people are on the line right now, but that's what we did. We got up, prayed upon awakening, and we dialed in. And then when we get off the phone, we go all, hopefully I can say we here, um, we go about our days because we've had a wonderful experience with this meeting, uh, ha helping fellows in our shares and showing up for life. This, what this program allows me to do is to show up for life. It's designed for living. It's what helps me to show up for life. And recovery and being recovered needs to be in place before I can even do that, even to help another fellow. But for me, this paragraph is about life and, and being able to just show up for it. With that, I'll pass. All right. Thank you, Karen Kay. Crystal P., you're up next, um, and we'll see where we're at. Go ahead, Crystal. Hi, good morning. This is Crystal P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. As I was reading this, I remembered, you know, before a program, I used to be the person that had all the plans. You know, I had like a two-year plan, five-year plan, 10-year plan. I had Excel spreadsheets that told me exactly the trajectory of my career, that my career was going to take, my finances were going to take. I always had like two or three big projects on the go, some kind of grandiose idea of how I was going to, you know, make a huge difference in the world and, and change everything and use all of my gifts and and usually by the time I was done making the plan, I was so tired. It was like, okay, I, sh I should probably just take a nap. And I never really did anything, you know, but I had all the plans. And I remember when I came into the program, it almost felt like I had to put all my plans and dreams aside because it felt like all, like I had to learn how to live from scratch. You know, I, I literally had to learn how to cook and clean and just live like an adult in, in abstinence and recovery. And it was so much that in my first year, that's literally all I could do was just work the steps and, and live uh, an abstinent life. And it felt like I had to put all my dreams and goals aside, you know. And even when people talked about, you know, surrendering to God, it felt like what they were saying is put all your goals aside and you may not get any of those things and you just have to be okay with it, you know. And what I came to find is just by, I did, I put all my plans aside and I just, uh, you know, worked the steps and, um, and applied them to every day of my life. And whatever doors opened in front of me, I responded to those in the moment. And today, four years into recovery, I have a life that I could never even imagine. I have, I have 
received, I, I can't even say I've achieved goals because I haven't. I just received gifts and I had everything that I'd ever wanted, you know, four years ago when I walked into program, all those things that I wanted to achieve, I have today. And I didn't have to make any Excel spreadsheets or plans. They just unfolded because I showed up in recovery every single day and responded to the doors that God opened for me. Because today when, when doors open or when opportunities come up, I can actually show up. I can actually take the action. And although in the first year of my recovery, you know, you know, program took up all of all of my time and energy, today I, I don't do less. In fact, I do more than I did in my first year, but it's just become like breathing now. Now it's just so ingrained in my life that I have, and I'm so free of my mental obsession that I have more free time now than I ever had. So I can actually do those projects. I can actually, you know, go out and make a difference because the point of recovery is not for me to sit in my home and and just sit and be abstinent all day. The point of recovery is for me to be of maximum use to others. And God has given me specific gifts and a specific mission that I have to go out there and help other people with. And that's why he gives me my abstinence recovery so I can live life and live it fully and abundantly. Thanks for letting me share our path. Thank you so much, Crystal P. We have time for one two-minute share. Who would like that? Somebody want to take us out with a two-minute share? Do you have to be a sponsor to share at this por- portion in the meeting? Nope. Okay, I'll Let's share it. This give is give me your name and we'll uh we'll go from there. All right, cool. Thank you very much for your service. My name is Gina V and I'm in uh Victoria, Canada, Pacific Standard Time. And uh yeah, I'm just working on registering here on the site. I'm new and really grateful that I found a vision for you. Um I've been in program like 30-some-odd years, (laughs) odd years. And, uh, you know, I've struggled with my abstinence a lot during those years, gained and lost like 100 pounds, and uh, I'm so done with it. And I'm up about 100 pounds right now. I'm headed for a hip surgery on Friday. So, oh, wow, there's a lot of people on the call, and I know how powerful prayers are. So I just I might ask my brothers and sisters in the spirit there to say a little prayer for me. Have a hip replacement surgery on Friday, and I hope it all goes well. <laughs> my legs are even and all that kind of thing. <laughs> Thank you for your prayers. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just really grateful for the program. And I've been, like, God is removing the uh, obsession very quickly for me. And I feel like my body, I'm, like, releasing those foods that cause inflammation. And uh, my body's like, uh, losing a lot of um, the puffiness and... Um, uh, I'm just feeling like it's feeling a bit like a pink cloud, and I haven't had a pink cloud. I don't remember such a pink cloud, really. Maybe when I was doing Sea Help, but that's 30 years ago. Um, and I have a sponsor, and she's so generous, generous of heart with me, and, uh, you know, just it really touches me um, that, um, you know, the love of the program. And, um, you know, what do they say? It is weakness, not strength, that binds us together, you know, in our invitation to you in our program. And uh, it is that, and uh, but it is through strength that I we get through this program, you know that I that I'm getting the strength, and uh, you know you gaining in self respect, and um, doing uh, <clears throat> more co- like a vegetarian cooking for myself, much healthier cooking for my body, which I think is my temple of my higher power. So it's important that it stays strong and ready for the ready for the. Uh, you know, the fight or whatnot. You know, we'll cease fight at anyone and anything, right? Um, Gentle reminder. So, 
Thank you very much. I'll just uh, end it there, and God bless to everybody. Thank you again for your prayer. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Gina V. Thank you for everyone who shared today. Um, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, January 10th, 2022, is 18,381. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, and um, let's see, uh, Kathy S. is going to read uh, a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Rick. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.